Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches. And honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash betches. Welcome back, everybody, to Not Another True Crime Podcast. I'm Sarah Levine. And I'm Danny Murphy. You know we're your partners in wine, crime, time, anything else that rhymes, you know? Any rhyme you want us to do with you, we right? will do it. I'm like, what else is there? Limes? Sure, why not? Oh, I do love, and you know you're supposed to roll your limes to get them extra juicy. Huh. Really? I think Rachel Ray does that. She either does that or microwaves them. The <laughs> microwaving thing throws me off, but I, I think she is a roller. I feel like they would just explode. Probably do don't I try know? it. I also haven't turned on my oven since December, so do not trust me with any. Yes, do not try <laughs> this at home, skin. folks. No, no. But I'm excited about today's topic because it came to us in the DMs. Actually, it's done. a really deep cut. I was like bored and I had no phone service, so I was just going through my old photos and screenshots as you do. Oh, 100%. Always. Yeah, and it came across this suggestion to the Instagram at not another true crime so i was like oh shit okay this is a good one i'm also glad they sent it to you because i don't i was trying to do like extra research from like the two main articles i found and all of it is like archival you have to drive to boston to go to a library to like rent a magnifying glass and i was like literally look it up on the microfilm i did find like pretty much a photograph of this woman's obituary in the newspaper yeah Mm. so i was like that's where i'm basing my facts on well and we'll get into, like, kind of at the top and in the middle, I like how I was like, we'll get into it, I guess, at every part of the episode, how so many <laughs> of the newspapers of the time, you have to be careful what you read about her because some of it wasn't true. Yeah, the haters, man, they were really just driving the coverage. Yeah, what before Dumois, there was just newspapers, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> right? Muck, the, the old muckrakers and whatever. Yellow journalism. Okay. These Something are my like two that. talking points from eighth grade social studies. <laughs> But yeah, so we're going to be talking about Sarah Howe, relatively unknown scammer. I don't even know if like scam goddesses covered this. I don't know if she has. And you know what I have to say about Sarah before we jump off? And like, she deserves more accolades. And I know you shouldn't say scammers deserve accolades, but she deserves to be known. She deserves recognition because Mm -hmm. she actually started a Ponzi scheme before Charles Ponzi's Ponzi scheme. Yeah, she's the hashtag scheme queen. Yeah. And that's just sexism. I mean, why don't we call it a how scheme? Yeah, because then you can always good. say, how'd they do it? Right? Uh-huh. Come on. 
God. We gotta really petition to uh to rename that scheme. <laughs> but she's really interesting because like she's kind of mysterious. Nobody really knows a ton about her early life for certain, which I mean is such a scammer classic. Like just kind of yeah, a candle in the wind blowing all around. Exactly, exactly. And so they say she was born anytime between 1820 and 1827, which I love. You could literally be in a different decade depending on how you're oh, feeling that day. That's like literally, I need to make sure if it's still it. Mariah Carey has two birthdays on our Wikipedia. Oh my God, what? And she's never confirmed which one <laughs> it is. Oh, now it is confirmed. Oh, I guess in her Aww. autobiography, it was said it, but it was either 1969 or 1970. It is now 1969. Okay, that's hilarious. But <laughs> not quite it. as dramatic. Not quite. That's so funny. And so, okay, she might have been from Providence, Rhode Island. But again, we don't really know for sure. Um, because so much of her early life details are from people who are haters, as we mentioned. They're her motivators. Yeah. (laughs) And she was supposedly on her own since she was 24, just kind of, you know, scrapping, trying to get by. And she moved to Boston after the Civil War. So, I don't know, it always just blows my mind when we're talking about, like, history and events. I know, I'm like, what? And then I, because I always, I'm not like, Oh, God. So everyone's always just been living through hell, I guess. <laughs> right? Yeah, it kind of puts things into perspective. It's not a unique situation. Yeah. So after she moved to Boston, she was a fortune teller, of course. Mm. Scam adjacent beginnings. And she kind of worked a lot of odd jobs. I kind of teetered the line of legality. Uh, one of them, she was a physician, despite not being an actual doctor. Can I say, like, that takes charisma. Because how do you get in the door? How do you get the scrubs? Yeah, you, I don't know. You go on figs and you buy a stethoscope. They didn't have Amazon back then. It took more work, I bet. God, yeah. I guess they didn't have scrubs. What did doctors wear? I feel like doctors were doing like spleen removal surgeries back then in like a full suit, like a butt, like a three piece suit. With like a bird mask, like we're in Venice. (laughs) While sipping bourbon. Yes, truly. There's levels to it. So she actually spent a few weeks in jail in 1875 for taking out multiple loans and securing them with the collateral that she was also like putting against the loan. I feel like if the bank lets you do that, that's on them. Weren't we Kinda just point. talking about that? Wait, was that I don't know. Um, hipster grifter? Yeah, like there's so many things. And I was listening to um, Queen of the Con, and this woman scammed so many people. It was so horrible because she posed as their CPA and would be like, mm. okay, I'm going to pay off your income taxes, like work with all these small businesses, write a check out to income taxes, and I send it to the IRS for you. She opened up a bank account that she named income taxes. <laughs> I'm like, the banks just let you do that. And horrible. But this is giving me that kind of oh strategy. Fully, fully. The strategy of no strategy. Yeah, the strategy of just like a closed loop system. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, no, don't ever feel like you can't accomplish anything if you're not in the Forbes 30 under 30 because our Sarah Howe started her main scam when she was 53. So shout out. Yeah. Never say never, folks. Um, she also where's her thanks for Grace and Frankie. I know they're in their 80s for it. She could have inspired them. Sarah's been inspiring everybody. As I say, I haven't watched that show past the first season. Ooh, so, oh, it's really good. You should. Okay, so I don't get that reference, but somebody out there will appreciate it. Oh, I the only reference is that they are also women. They didn't scam. They made oh, a vibrating. Okay, company, I was like, though. wow, I missed that. Uh, they jumped the shark, I guess. But no. 
Uh, I love it. But so here's what we're going to talk about. It's called the Ladies Deposit Company. Yes. So, I mean, there's obviously the ladies who lunch, but the ladies <laughs> deposit is a much different game. And no, she did I not hang invent- out with them. I know she didn't invent pink porta potties because when Ew. I first heard this name, I was like, what is going on here? You're like, but what yeah, are they formed- depositing? Just money. I'm, I'm like, yeah, just good old green and coins because I feel like it was more coin based back then. Uh, so she yes. formed the ladies deposit company sometime 1879. I think some people were saying maybe spring of 1879. But the reason also it was so unknown is because she kind of kept it under wraps because she. Yeah, this woman was a true hustler. <laughs> She really, I love that on uh, when I looked her up, they called her like a notable fraudster. And I love that name. Yeah. I want to be a fraudster. fraudster. Yeah. So this started as a savings bank that only took deposits from unmarried women. So a very specific niche group. I kind of love, I mean, it, I also, well, I don't love it, but like, I love the problem that she set out to solve, which was unmarried women being second class citizens in society feels familiar <laughs> but i don't love that none of it was real no exactly so much of it was just, it was all it was all a facade worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole well good thing instacart shoppers are just as picky as you are they find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line they're milk expiration date detectives they bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are so let instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date download the instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last minimum ten dollars per order additional terms apply So this yes. started, she was working with this Quaker charity and wanted, you know, to help women of modest means. That's what she was saying. A lofty goal. Yeah. So she said this bank was basically a bank charitable organization, all kind of hand in hand. You know, those charity banks that- I was going to say, so as known. if, like, what do you mean? Y'all know Chase is the nicest charity of all time. <laughs> every Yeah. Every time I get my a student loan from Wells Fargo, I'm like, well, you know, this is going somewhere good, right? Nowhere. But she got, so you know what is actually kind of really interesting too? I feel she did so much. It's very much like how marketing has not changed. Like it's kind of was marketed to like millennial women, hashtag girl bosses. So (laughs) back in the day, they were apparently this group of women were called quote unquote unprotected females. Hmm. So Hmm. let's bring that back. Yeah, let's. (laughs) I like that. <laughs> Let's take that back around. So these were women who are financially independent from men and wanted to keep it that way. So they were like the women, the career women who didn't want to get married. They just wanted to work, have their life and their freedom. And of course, they were unprotected at that because they were that. They were the smartest mark for her to target because back then, and I feel also there was prejudices today with this, money was considered, quote unquote, men's work. So women whose finances weren't controlled by men usually made smaller deposits into banks. And the reason this is important is because this meant that banks, like the regular banks that were around then, kind of considered them a waste of time because they were getting like... Okay, I hate that. I know. like So they were just like, you're not giving me all your money? Fuck you. So, <laughs> so annoying. Not only did this mean that Sarah had more demand, it also meant that she had less eyes on her business because it's not like oh, a new burger place opened down the street and I sell burgers. I want to look at them because now they're taking all of my clients and right. customers. They're t- she's taking an untapped market. And, or right, market she's that not the taking is- their like competition. So the banks are like, well, I'll do whatever you want. Exactly. So they're just going to like, huh. okay, go the fuck on with your day. 
She also, since she was also a quote unquote spinster, she knew how to win them over. So she knew kind of like what made their brain tick. And it is kind of insane, like the steps that she did for this. So she needed to make sure her bank was swanky. Ooh. Uh, yeah, which I like a wh- swank bank. That sounds wait. bad. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I feel like Miles Teller would go there. That's just, and he'd yes. be the teller. Miles yes. Teller is the teller of there the swank go. bank. There we go. Guys, stay in school so you can pay off student loans. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, real. She made, yeah, yeah. So she made, so to do this, she made the interior designs overtly feminine and ornate and even had like, so like, I'm sorry, she was giving a certain co-working space that I'm thinking of right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised that she set up physical locations because I know this whole thing was done by like word of mouth. I know that's. But I, but I guess I get, nobody would be like, all right, I'm just going to hand this lady my money in an envelope. Yeah. If it was just kind of nothing going on. And I feel it right. also was because she had like language outside, like overworked, ill-paid sisterhood that she knew would appeal to them, but would make people walking by be like, I want to, oh no. That's so funny. She invented white feminism. Yeah, yeah. none of the guys were uh, popping in. And also funny enough, it was uh, no men were allowed. Love that. So shout out to that. I mean, maybe like, so it is, it did, it does, it is funny, but it is kind of thing like, damn, over a hundred years later and there's still places kind of using this marketing technique. I know. Did she invent white feminism? Like, hmm. (laughs) I think she did. I like Sarah Ho. Sarah Howe. Yes. And she's not a hoe, but she does know how. Mm -hmm. So the New York Times said that her intimate knowledge of the mental workings of her own sex put male swindlers and male novelists to shame. I don't get what they mean by that. I think because they don't know how to unlock women, not surprisingly, she did, but also because it's like, but it's like she's a woman. It every novelist, sense. every novelist is like this gorgeous woman, blonde hair. Oh yeah, in love true. with me. <laughs> yes, she smart her toothy grin. You're like, what the hell does that mean? Yeah, I like, sir. What have you? You might have kissed a woman, but have you ever um, been in a relationship with a woman that I'm glad I'm with you? Probably not. Have you ever spoken to a woman? No. No. <laughs> Besides, mommy. That's just right, major that's- male novelist major mommy energy. Here's also the insane thing. She was going balls to the balls with her bank claims. She said it had a very high interest rate on deposits. So she said you would get like 2% per week, which is that's so much unheard of. That's <laughs> insane. So that's 8% this a This is month. like, yeah, that's a lot. Also, you know what this makes me think of? Did she also kind of invent crypto? <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, did she invent the GameStop short? Like, <laughs> like really know. a visionary. Truly a visionary. If anybody is listening to Boston right now, tip your Duncan to Sarah Howe. Not too My much because she fucked over women, but you know, pour a little Duncachino out for her. No, it was a good no. idea. And here's what else was pretty unheard of. So people who deposited with her got their first three months interest up front, which is just unheard of. And like, and anybody today even would be like, this is too good to be true. Like it just is. Even Bank of America won't give me my 10 cents in interest that I accrue <laughs> annually on my savings account up front. Oh, They're it's, like, it's no, the you language, have to wait it out. Right, it's the language that you get the mail, like when you open your mail for the first time in two months and you're like, oh, these are all scam letters from fake banks. It's like, what are she promising? Yes. And so she was able to like kind of quell any skepticism by saying that the bank was a charity for needy women Funded by these Quaker philanthropists who were also kind of investors, I guess. I think that's something like that. Yeah. 
And basically just said that, like, they didn't just invest in themselves, but women as a whole, which is, hey, a great tagline. It really like she knew what she was doing when it's like, no, this dollar you're given isn't just for you. It's for every woman. Right. How are you not going to give your dollar then? Exactly. It's like when you buy a pair of Toms, you're like, no, 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 this is not an impulse purchase. (laughs) I'm actually helping people. It's also when it's like at CVS, are you going to round up? And I'm like, But I'm also curious, isn't that... Wasn't that something where they just do that to like write off taxes and does money? Okay, yes. This is what somebody just told me the other day. They're like, they've actually already donated a certain amount, but they sort of ask you to do that to like sort of offset it. I'm like, well, fuck you, CVS. Like pay for your donation. This is not on me. No, I'm buying my seltzer and my, you know, and my Quest Bar and my gum from you. You don't need anything more than me. Exactly, exactly. We keep you afloat. Like I'm not... I'm not offsetting your charitable donations. No. Speaking of charitable donations, there there was no Quaker charity, obviously. I mean, or there if there was one, she wasn't talking to them. So yeah, I'm sure I, I, we're sure there are Quaker charities out there. None of them were involved in ladies deposit. Yeah, they were not. And I mean, we all know how Ponzi schemes work. So basically what she would do is that she would use like new people coming in to pay the interest of the older people who were expecting their interest payments. But what's really wild is that she never like advertised this bank. Insane. Yeah. Like this company actually just operated as like a sort of whisper venture almost because new members had to be referred and approved by other members. And it was kind of just like a like a referral process, like a sorority hush network uh, (laughs) of people, which also is how Ponzi schemes are run. You're not going to put out an ad for a Ponzi scheme. And I feel like, I mean, I've never been in one. And Sarah, I'm sure you have either because I don't think anybody wants anything to gain from us in terms of monetary value. But I feel like you probably feel when you're in one, you're like, oh, I'm in this secret money. I'm I'm making money. I'm I'm smart. I'm pulling the wool over everybody else's head in line at Starbucks. I know. I'm sure that's how I would feel if I'd ever applied to the wing and and got in. <laughs> I've been waiting to say that name because I feel like this place is doing major that. I didn't. Yeah. It's yeah. such that. But so also because it was this sort of like just referral only word of mouth thing, it also kind of kept it out of the eyes of investigators for a while anyway. Mm-hmm. To the point that Sarah was able to get about $500,000 in deposits from over 1,200 women from all over the country, which is a lot. And like back then, it's not like you can do direct deposits online. People are mailing in their checks and stuff. And like, so even now, I feel like 500000 would be a lot of money. But back then, today, it's worth $15 million. <laughs> like, this was no small thing. This and was, in a this short amount of like time, Bernie too. Madoff status. Really, though? Yeah. And she even got a $50,000 mansion in Boston and put down the equivalent of $5 million for it, like, as a down payment. Like, like she was, was fucking living. You show me someone who was living better at 53 than her. Because I don't know if there's anybody. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Kate just goes to show, you can't get ahead now. unless you're, like, committing fraud. <laughs> That's so real. <laughs> Damn it. This is my retirement plan is just Ponzi scheme. Right? When I turn 50, I'm just going to be like, anybody want to give me their money? <laughs> <laughs> yes, but I only defraud people who deserve it. Now that is the now that is the kicker. That That's is the, the truth. kicker. I don't know how I'll find them. Just the billionaires. Yeah, yeah. Well, 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 yeah. I feel like I run into billionaires here and there. Uh, totally. They're not. Are they on the subway when I'm on there? I don't think so. But maybe. <laughs> who knows? Maybe they'll do like a once yearly subway ride to seem Ooh, relatable. That's true. Or like they're wait. They're in behind me in line at Pret a Manger because they're like it's French, so it. 
like is okay that it's fast casual. There we go. Something like that. We'll have to get a scheme to figure out how to scheme mm. billionaires. Here's the thing. If any of you know a billionaire, let us know. Yeah. We'll we also, us. we will not <laughs> scam Rihanna. I will say oh, that much. Never. She was just declared a, the youngest oh, uh, self-made billionaire, I think. Yeah. So Rihanna's off limits. The Kardashians are fair game. Yeah. Yeah. And I do, I have helped Rihanna get to that status because I have bought Fenty products. There you go. The Savage X, the clothing. Yes, the robe. The robe, it's heaven. And I got a pair of shorts too. She knows what she's doing. And also her website's one of the only ones where like you can see, it's very, it's very body inclusive. So shout out to Rihanna. Love it. And her baby. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. So, speaking of Rihanna having a booming business, Sarah's business was booming very quick. But so did the I love like listening back. to this feeling like we're talking about me know, and then being like, oh, wait. <laughs> I'm like, so this scamming idiot Sarah. <laughs> right? So like about a year later, the Boston Daily Advertiser, which, you know, local paper, started writing articles calling the ladies deposit a swindle. So this, uh, but they got to this because uh, they were sort of kind of wondering like, what was going on here? You know, what was happening? So they really want to do, and uh, at first to write this article, and the reason it took a while is because a male reporter tried to go in and they were like, no men allowed. <laughs> and in this moment, wouldn't you think, you'd be like, oh my God, maybe let's hire like a female reporter. <laughs> no. Nah. No. Not in 1872 or whenever this is. They Shakespeare this shit because in Shakespeare, classically, all the all the roles were played by men. Yes, they had someone dress up. They painted the town like Tom Schwartz and Sandoval at their bachelor party. <laughs> had uh, them go incognito, but it's crazy. Basically, once they, I don't know. I mean, shout Damn. out to this. They reporter. couldn't even send a woman undercover. No, a secretary. Like, wow. Actually, can mm-hmm. women be secretaries? I don't even know. That was probably even before that time. That sucks. Well, this was what I was wondering too, and I should have researched more before the second. I was like, where are all these women that are independently wealthy? I didn't know like back then. So that's like, like a impressive. valid point. Maybe their husbands all mysteriously died. Shout out, you know? Because I don't even think women could like own their own credit card until like the 70s, 70s like the 1970s. Yeah. Who knows? So yeah, I don't, just, yeah, where are these ladies Oh, maybe from? rich daughters that were unmarried and didn't want to be married, you know? Yes. Got to get the spinster community. I mean, I'm sure there were some people. And like, yeah, people who married into wealth. Yeah. Or if anybody here is like obsessed with the late 1800s, let us know. Oh, my God. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Give us the deets. So they had this incognito reporter go in and get all this stuff and started writing all these articles. And it made the people panic. So all the people that were depositing started doing a bank run. And if you're wondering... I was like, what's what that? You just go from bank to bank? Like, that's what it kind of sounds like. Take out your money? You're like, yes. Oh, nailed it. It's when a lot of people withdraw their money at once. Because everyone's kind of like, huh, I don't trust this. Let's see what happens. Uh, okay, this is like GameStop. Mm-hmm, exactly. <laughs> so, and that usually is okay for, you know, may- actual banks. Because you're like, okay, this is your money. You can take your money back. But when your entire business is dependent on using people's money to pay other people... Yeah, this gets into a tricky situation. That's not good. So when furious clients started demanding their money back, 
she did try to meet a lot of demand. She paid out like 150K in interest and 90K in principal. But the deposit eventually became so much. like, And a lot of her investors, some of them lost upwards to 300K. See, that's that means that they had a lot of money. Or does that just mean combined? Mm, I think it is combined. Okay, still, that's a lot of money. Still. There was a I lot mean, of money in this bank. Like, this was pretty successful. Yeah, I mean, it, it was. But of like, course, she's fucking around with millions of dollars, basically. Multi-millions and has this gorgeous mansion. Jeez. Yeah, and of course, also kind of into what we were saying, we don't really know that much about her and everything like that. The journalists of the time really took this story and immediately ran with it saying, women shouldn't be trusted with money. Because I guess they'll either give their money to a scam or do... Actually, they only wanted to say that because they'll give their money to the scam because they also didn't like the fact that a woman was smart enough to think up of the Ponzi scheme, which I also think is why it's not called the house scheme. Right, come on. Sexism. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's alive and well. They kept publishing articles about like her appearance, sexual history. If you're like, what does that have to do with this? Just read anytime the public is mad at a woman. They're just Literally. starting things about her appearance. Of course it has nothing to do with it. <laughs> their sexual history, how stupid she was, and this is why she a lot of people She was clearly not stupid. No. Like, are you joking? You guys are fucking haters. Even though like this is bad, like she was smart to have thought this up before Charles Ponzi came around. Like, mm-hmm. And that's I'm why sorry. they should give her some credit. And it's exactly. why also nobody knows about her life because someone was like, she was married, then the husband died. No, she was married four times. She was married three times. She was married two times. Like boop, 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 right. Boop. I read that she was married like at least twice. That's what a lot of the articles are saying. So yeah. maybe, but nobody really, really knows. And by October of 1880, the scheme imploded and she was charged with all the fraud. I mean, just multiple counts, but basically all of it. She was tried, but she was ultimately convicted, though, not of fraud, but of soliciting money under false pretenses because of the Quaker charity thing. And she spent three years in prison. Maybe we'll do some more Boston trivia with our game. Who knows? Jorge, what do you have for us? Okay, so... First off, I want to get behind this myth that rolling a lime gives it more juice, okay? Because okay. I had heard this, okay, and I tried it, and I yielded no more lime juice than when I didn't roll the lime. Did you just do this, or like you've done it before? I've done it before. I've done it before because- um, Got it. I was making some margaritas recently. Ooh, margaritas. And I heard this, that you needed to roll the lime. Yes. And I took two identical limes, rolled one of them, and it yielded exactly the same amount of juice as the one that I didn't roll. So, I mean, it yeah. makes sense. Like, why would it? Why would rolling the lime, like, spontaneously produce? I think it's supposed to disconnect juice. it from its skin or, like, from the casing. But I did Google, try the microwave one, because people said that does Ew. work. So if you microwave a lime, you get more more juice? It says the microwave heats the fruit, repulsive, from the inside out, <laughs> and the juice capsules burst. But then I guess it'll be hot in your drink. That, yeah, yeah, that, that sounds, sounds gross. Awful. Oh, but you have to let it cool for 30 seconds. Okay, I'll report back. Okay, so for today's game, uh, one of my favorite details of the story was how Sarah Howe began... <laughs> Her career as a fortune teller. And yes. then after all the trials and tribulations returned to being a fortune teller at mm. the end, like full circle. So I thought today right. we could uh, tell some fortunes, but with a twist. All right. 
So I'm going to ask you about how several different, very well-known, wealthy people acquired their fortunes. Oh. And you will have to tell me the correct answer to the question. Ooh. And Sarah, the first question will be for you. So All Sarah, right. how did uh-huh. <laughs> Mark Cuban acquire his oh. huge fortune of $4.7 billion today? How did it all start? Was it by selling a company specializing in A, radio streaming over the internet, B, podcast, mobile payments, or C, plastics manufacturing? I think the plastics one sounds like something from The Graduate. I don't think it's that. Streaming? That seems too new. I'm going to go with the second one. That is incorrect, Sarah. It was radio streaming over the internet. Damn it! Wait, he he made what what what? What did he make? iHeartRadio. No, so this was way before. This was a company called Broadcast.com. Huh. So initially, it was a company called AudioNet, and Cuban invested ten thousand dollars for two percent of the company. But then he worked out some deal in which he just gained control of the entire company oh <laughs> and God. gave the founder like two thousand dollars a month or something. Oh, so, man, he like really McDonald's them. Damn yeah, it. 100%. So what oh, the company did smart. was just literally just stream radio shows over the internet. It was like one of the first sort of streaming over internet smart. companies. So five years after he took control, Yahoo decided to buy the company. Oh. And they bought it for $5.7 billion. Holy shit. How much did the original guy get? He owned about 1% at this point. So he got about $50 million, which is oh, okay, that's okay. still a lot of fucking money. It's, it's a lot of money, but Mark Cuban ended up a billionaire. Wow. <laughs> so that someone else found it, right? Wow. It's kind of well known in the business world as being one of the worst acquisitions of all time. A few oh. years after this purchase, the company was shut down. Like it, it doesn't exist anymore. Because I guess well, good for Mark. everything like apps existed and everything. That's exactly so... the world just move away from like people listening to radio stations on Line. like the internet. <laughs> Damn. So yeah, but that's how that's how he got his money. Good for him. Wow. Yeah. All right, Danny. This God. is your question. Here we go. Robert De Niro has had a multi-decade career that's produced classic after classic. But Danny, how did De Niro expand his fortune by investing in which restaurant line that's now worth over half a billion dollars? Is it A, Momofuku, Hmm. B, Noma, or C, Nobu? Why do, oh, why do I weirdly think it's Momofuku? Is that your final answer? Yeah. That is incorrect, Danny. Oh. It was, in fact, Nobu. Oh, Robert De Niro, get a personality. What the fuck? <laughs> so blase. <laughs> so in 2005, De Niro and Nobuyuki Matsuhisa launched Nobu 57 in New York to mm. critical acclaim. And today they have over 30 restaurants worldwide. There's hotels. They've what? announced condos, like Nobu condos. What? And their name is almost synonymous with luxury. It's actually it a pretty is. interesting story. Apparently, De Niro went to Nobuyuki's initial restaurant in LA and just told him, I want you to create like an, an empire and kind of like reached out to him over the course Ooh. of four years trying to convince him to open Nobu That's in New hard. York. And 
finally Nobuyuki was like, okay, let's do it. And yeah, it's been why isn't that a movie? Massively. <laughs> it should be a movie. Honestly, oh my god, I'm looking at the <gasps> apartments. Oh. Do they look nice? I actually didn't I haven't seen them. Five point one million dollars? <laughs> Don't look. You're only gonna Your get Tribeca. Oh, it's Tribeca, is it? Hmm. I, I if I'm looking at the oh, there's one Tribeca Nobu and twenty four financial district Nobu. Just why do I want a condo? There's twenty four of that wait, what? No, that's the address. So I'm sorry oh, if I lived there. I, I was like, there's spot, 24 but... in Fidei? That makes no sense. Okay. No. Oh, God. I'm like in this thing. To... Oh, God. But also, you know what's so funny? You're $5 million. You're next to Helen Hardy, which I do love. But like, <laughs> <laughs> the ambiance. Right? That's true. Have you guys eaten at Nobu ever? I haven't. Because no. I feel it's like so I'm not rich. pricey. Yeah, it is and I don't, very expensive. Yeah. And I don't eat fish. So I feel like so much of it is Oh, there. yeah. Oh, yeah. There's no waste. point in you going like ever. I went to the one in Miami. It's actually really, I know it's kind of cliche at this point, and it, it is very expensive, but the Peruvian Japanese fusion, it's just so fascinating and so like unique, you know? Also, it's I've heard really that nice. Miami is like the food city. I've never been, but I, I've i heard it like is There's better than New York and LA. Yeah. Wait, yeah. we have to go to Miami. I can't believe you haven't been. I sunburn while driving, so I don't know how much Florida <laughs> fun I'll have, but sure. <laughs> Let me hop on that plane. And also now flights to fucking Florida are the same price as going to like Paris. Literally. And That's true. It's insane. Ooh, but Nobu, ooh, this looks so cute. Ooh. Okay, I'm feeling it. Okay. Now I'm oh, avocado toast. I'll go and get that for $85. Perfect. All right. Uh, zero points across the board so far. Low scoring game. I thought multiple choice would uh, help a little bit, but. Here we are. It helped a little bit because if I had to guess that <laughs> out of my own brain for Mark Cuban, I would have said Shark Tank. That's true. And I don't really watch Shark Tank. Okay, it. Sarah, this is the next question. Sarah, we all know that Michael Jordan gets all the buzz as one of the best players of all time at the Chicago Bulls, but a huge part of his fortune is from his ownership in what other sports team? Is it A, the Chicago Bears? B, Charlotte Hornets or C Carolina Panthers. Hmm. I'm gonna go with the Charlotte Hornets. I think he went to school in North Carolina or something. That is correct, Sarah. Yay, well done. Let's go. It is the Hornets. And I put a little uh little clue in the question there. I said all the buzz. Oh, one of the best. okay, Jeopardy, Alex Trebek. <laughs> so, yeah, Jordan, of course, I mean, he's had a massively lucrative career yeah. apart from this. But in 2010, he took control of the team through a deal that cost him about $175 million. And he did yeah. this all through debt. So he didn't even have this money at the time. Well, wait, this is inspirational. What's happening? Okay. That's like how Elon Musk is going to borrow like a fuck ton of money to buy Twitter. Exactly. It's the same thing. Like if you're rich, like the bank will let you do whatever you want. Stupid. So he got $175 million to buy the team. After that, he was pretty lucky because the NBA went through like a huge reorganization and they like did new TV deals or whatever. And the team's value exploded. And right now in 2020, so 10 years after he paid $175 million, it, the team was valued at $1.5 billion. Oh, damn. So he like 10x'd what he put in. Which is, we got to invest crazy. in stuff. <laughs> damn. Yeah, just, let me just quickly get $175 million <laughs> out of the ATM. <laughs> BRB. Let me walk into a restaurant and say, let's build an empire or a basketball court. <laughs> right? <laughs> All right, Sarah, you are on the board, one to zero. Oh, and Danny, it is your turn. 
And this question is about another celebrity actor, Mr. George Clooney. Oh. Who made a small, relatively small investment of $600,000 in tequila company that yielded incredible returns. What was the name of the tequila company? Is it A, Espolón, B, Milagro, or C, Casamigos? Casamigos. That is correct, mm-hmm. Danny. Well done. I got my George. Yeah. Someone told me that George Clooney should run for president. I said, no, we got in a fight, but that's besides the point. <laughs> <laughs> Why would they think that he should? Girl. Um. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, that's 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 a weird take. But he, uh, he sold the company after he put in $600,000 into founding it in 2017 for $700 million. What? Whoa. And there's also an additional $300 million to be had if the tequila brand sells well over the next decade. So wow. he stands, Whoa. he did this with one other person, but him and his associate basically stand to gain about a billion dollars from this tiny little tequila company. I feel it is so popular. It is it very is. popular. I don't particularly like this tequila, mm, to be quite the truth honest. Comes out. To me, it tastes like vanilla, which is not exactly what I look mm. for in tequila. Mm. But I wonder if that's how it's, what's that called? Mass appeal, because it is just like a very smooth, drinky one. Yeah, yeah, you're probably yeah. right. It just doesn't yeah. have that taste, that like tequila, like slaps you across the face taste that I look for in my tequila. <laughs> but good for, good for him, hey. Yeah. It's a it's a good, good investment. I'm sure George Clooney will slap you for a million dollars if you you <laughs> <laughs> can make that happen <laughs> alright Sarah back to you it is a tie game so way before he was busy pretending to buy Twitter Sarah how mm. did Elon Musk start his massive fortune was it through the sale of a company that did A. software sales B. online banking or C. luxury travel I thought his family owned like mines in South Africa well, yes, yes. That that okay. is he didn't start from zero, but this was the first company that sort of like gave him a huge payday. Um, I'm gonna go with software sales. That is incorrect. It was it online travel? banking. Oh. No, online banking. What? Yeah. So this is not very well known, but he founded a com- an online bank all the way back in nineteen ninety nine called X.com. And it yeah, was one of the I'd rather invest first- in Sarah Howe's ladies <laughs> deposit bank, like X.com. Honestly, honestly. So this was Venmo before Venmo existed. You could pay oh, people just by entering their email addresses. And remember Palm Pilots? Yes. yes. So you could like tap your palms together to pay someone. <laughs> it was like way ahead of its time. Like and- a high five and a... <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. A high five dollars. That's yeah. yeah. There we go. So it merged with another company called Confinity or something like that in 2000, which later became PayPal. So nice. Elon Musk basically invented PayPal. Oh, that makes that me is sad. how it all tracks. And wow. a few years later, eBay bought the company for 1.5 billion dollars in 2002. Nice. Yeah. And PayPal's still kicking too. Yeah. I use it. I use it too. Shout out. Shout out. Shout out to eBay. All right, Danny, it's a tie game. And this is the last question. So uh, I believe in you. And I especially believe in you because this question is about Fenty. Oh, okay. So he gets fucking Casamigo and Fenty. And I get little known (laughs) fact about Elon Musk. 
Okay, I see how it Wait, is. But now I'm worried because like I'm like I love Fenty. Never Google. This is it. not an easy question, and I don't think you know this, but wow, it's a toss up. Here we go. So I'm sure you all remember when Rihanna became a billionaire from her stake in Fenty Beauty, but it became a multi billion dollar mm. company with which of these products as their best seller? Oh, was it A Fenty Beauty Diamond Bomb, B Stunnel Lip Paint Long Lasting Fluid Lipstick, or C Pearl filter with a little comma thing, longwear matte foundation. Uh, foundation? That is incorrect, Danny. Oh, wow. The I would have guessed that answer. too. I thought because foundation is the Because people common. love the foundation. Yeah. Well, the correct answer is the diamond bomb, apparently. What does that mean? <laughs> I will tell you. It's a shimmering, one of a kind diamond dusting highlighter that applies oh, to face oh, and body like a ever glittering veil. Everybody, yeah. The jelly-like powder melts into your skin, jelly. delivering show-stopping sparkle all over the face and body. Here's what I think. I think this one is probably the best seller because they probably have different versions of the lipsticks and the foundations. Mm. But there's only one diamond bomb, you mm. know. Mm. So it is. It is the best seller. Yeah. Oh, I've seen this. Oh, it's a cute case too. Okay. Well. It is a tie game, and it will remain a tie game. Well done okay. to both of you. You're both winners of today's game. It's a wash. The True Crime Championship continues on with Danny with a very slender margin of one point. Ooh. Anyone's game. Anyone's, Anyone's game. game. Well, thank you, Jorge. This is a fun uh, game. Of course. Got to go put together my Shark Tank presentation now. <laughs> and we have to buy like a lacrosse team or like a... I don't know, like a team somewhere that's not good that team. we think will be. We gotta buy that's a team. That's what we gotta do. All right. So if you guys have any favorite sports teams that you think me, Sarah, and Jorge should become tro invest, try investors in, let us yes. know in the Facebook group, Not Another True Crime group, or DM it to Not Another True Crime. You can also follow me on Instagram at Cashmere Danny Cashmere with Guy. Follow me at Sarah Lameem. And thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week. Not Another True Crime Podcast is produced by Jorge Morales-Pico and Sean Kilby. Our hosts are Sarah Levine and Danny Murphy. Editing by Jorge Morales-Pico. Social media by Sarah Levine. Be sure to follow at NATC Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And send us your emails to natc at betches.com. Betches.